Welcome back to BP Leadership. We are going to continue with part two of when you're really good at making bad decisions. Let's see what Bill has to say about making good decisions and the guidelines he has used for years on this topic. Now, how can we make good decisions? Let me give you a couple of ways. Number one, decide what your values and the values of your organization are and live by them. I don't have a problem with someone who's not a hypocrite, okay? You, you don't have to believe what I believe as long as you're consistent. I have a friend that, um, a friend, I don't know him personally. I know him at a distance. Uh, he's a Muslim, and he gives every day, three times a day, prayer. Every day he does, you know, his routine, and he lives by that code, and that's the way he lives. Now, we have a different, you know, we have a whole different understanding on theology, but I respect what he does, that he believes what he believes and he lives by it. Now, if I see him proclaiming the, this is what I believe and he lives differently, I'm not going to respect him. And what happens is you can respect people that disagree with you as long as they live by their conviction. You, you, if, you, if that's your standard, you hold it, I can, I can respect it. I may not agree with it, but I can still respect it. At least you're not saying one thing and doing something different. And so when you make good decisions, learn your values. Uh, hold your values. Decide what hills you're going to down in life and what hills that you're going to let go. Not everything's worth having a fight over. Not everything's worth having a debate through. Uh, there, there's some hills you ought to say, I'll die on that one. That I'm not changing. There are other things you ought to say, it doesn't matter. It's no, not a big deal. So when we make good decisions, I think it comes by first knowing what my values are. And by the way, almost every decision you make is a valued decision. Uh, truth is, is you'll stay at a company because of values more than money. You'll stay in a relationship because of values more than money. When you agree with each other on cardinal fundamental beliefs, that'll keep you together, though you may not agree on everything else. Uh, another is, number two, if I'm making a wise decision, seek wise counsel. The Bible says it this way, in the, in the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. That means ask people that you respect, uh, people that you know will be truthful, uh, and I've had this on a couple of occasions. Some of the decisions I, I made last year, I went to three different people and I said, now I'm going to go to them and I'm going to ask them about their advice. This is what I feel that I should be doing, but I don't know, but I'm going to ask them. And they're, you know, they, they just make good choices. And my wife even told me, she said, I like that you go into those three because if there's any three people that are not yes men, if there's any three people that will tell you in a matter of seconds, you're, you know, you're just barking up the wrong tree. She said, I got total confidence they will tell you because they've always told me everything else. So uh, sure enough, I sat down with them and all three were in agreement. I think you're seeing it right. This is what you ought to do. And so it gave me a, a more assurance and more peace. Go to the people that love you and ask them, well, what do you think? And, and let them have a voice in. We all have what we call blind spots. There are things about us. I have one that my wife caught me on years ago. I said, Debbie, I don't know quite why I didn't connect with this crowd. She said, Bill, let me help you. She said, they don't know you like I know you. She said, you're passionate. She said, they think it's anger. She said, I mean, when you fish, you fish hard. When you, when you, you know, ride bikes, you ride bikes hard. When you, whatever I, if I'm playing chess, you know, I, I, I take your pieces off the table. I kill that pawn. I got that knight. And, and, you know, I'm, and I don't know why I'm just passionate. I, I, I am a bull in a china shop. She says, when you walk into a room with a lot of people that they're not passionate, 
She said, and you do, you get pushed back like, whoa, he's angry, he's mad. And it's not, it's passion. Anger is, is I'm not angry, it's just passion. But when you're with a wise person who will counsel you, they say, you got a blind spot. You don't see this, but I see it. Others see it. And, and now you got to open up. you got to get with those friends sometimes and say, help me out. Before I make a decision, a lot of people won't ask the people that will tell them the truth decisions because they know what they ought to be doing or what they want to do. And they're afraid if I tell them, they might correct me. So I'll, I'll, I'll wait. Uh, I'll find somebody else or I'll find somebody that agrees with me and then I'll ask them. Um, I remember one time a friend of mine, I was driving, actually I was speaking down in Panama City, Florida, that church that has the triangle there. If you drive through, you see it's kind of, it was modern in the days years ago. And, uh, and a, a friend of mine was in Atlanta. And he said to me, he was a pastor, and he said, you're speaking at the same place I am. He said, ride with me. And I said, okay. So he picked me up in Columbus, and we were driving down there. And he's a very successful guy. He probably had eight or 10,000 people in his church. And so as we were driving, he said, I want to tell you something. I'm about to make a radical change in my life. And he started telling me all the things he was going to do. And when he got to the last part, he said, now, tell me what you think. And I, my word was different. I said, I wouldn't do it. And he said, what? No, we're close friends. I said, I wouldn't do it. I, I don't think it's the best decision for you. Well, he didn't like that. And he got irate with me. Then he let me know quickly. He said, I want you to know. And, I, and he was frank. He said, I want you to know I've already talked to seven other people. And he said, and six of them have already told me to go ahead. They've told me this. He said, only one of them didn't. I said, well, who, who's the one? He said, John Maxwell. I said, I'm in good company. Uh, that, that, probably one year later, 2 a.m. in the morning, my phone rings. Debbie answers the phone, hands it to me, and I answer. I got it. I'm, I'm thinking there's a death or something. And he says, why didn't you stop me that night? Why didn't you switch the car off? Why didn't you slap me in the face? Do he said, I have wrecked my life. And he's began to tell me the mess that went on because of that bad decision. Uh, you need people in your life that will tell you, don't. You need people in your life that says, I love you, but that's not best. And so you need that. I let me give you the others. Choose the best option at the time. Uh, you won't always be able to choose all the options, but the best one at that time. You, later you may get more information to make another, but if I'm going to make a wise decision, I've got to choose it. And then number four along that line is this. Act, execute, make the call. It's not enough to say, I got to have it in my head. You got to act on it. You got to do it. You got to take an action. Once you know what to do, it's no good unless you do it. Now, let me give you quickly my guidelines. I've used this for 30 years of my life, okay? Here's some don'ts and some do's. Let me give you what the don'ts are. Five don'ts. Don't make a decision during a crisis. Don't ever make a major decision during a crisis. If you're under pressure, don't make a major decision. When you're in a valley, all you see are mountains around you. You'll make a decision then that it's usually the wrong decision. Wait till you get up on the mountain again. When things are going well, you can see out and see where. You can see more clearly there. And a lot of people, you'll find it, first of all, in grief. Most people, when they go through grief... They're not ready to make big decisions, but you'll see wives sell their homes. You'll see somebody remarry within a month. You see a lot of things sometimes that I think, bless their heart, it's just grief. They, they've gone through a decision. They've gone through a, a difficulty. And in that moment, they're just trying to fix the pain. And so you're better off to give yourself some time and watch over your loved ones when they're going through those things. And say, so it may be a decision. It's not the right time during pressure. When you're in the valley, that's not the right time. And then another is, number two is, 
Don't make a decision based solely on your feelings. If you base them solely on your feelings, your desires, uh, that, that's not a good way to do it. We live in a world now that is so emotional. In fact, if you check the culture, you'll discover that years ago, there were things that drove us. Sex drove us. Money drove us. Career drove us. Uh, there, there are things that people were addicted to, and, and a lot of addictions. The number one driving force in this country of ours today is feelings. It's emotions. We're basing decisions off emotion. And we, we, want, we feel like we're good if we get under everybody's pain or so-called pain. It's, we're all going to be hurt, okay? But you don't change everything because somebody got hurt. I mean, go to work this afternoon and all of a sudden one employee gets their feelings hurt. If they go, I got my feelings hurt, does the whole company shut down? Do you just call the headquarters? Somebody got their feelings hurt at the front office. Can we shut down? We got to send 13,000 employees home because their feelings are hurt. I mean, and we're living in a day where it's almost everybody, their feelings are hurt. Oh, my soul. And, and so we're living in that world. And so it's very important. Don't make your decisions based solely on feelings. Don't make hasty decisions. I've always said in some cases, if it can't wait, it can't last. And so be, be cautious. Another is don't be influenced by carnal people. Be careful of the people that are telling you the decisions you ought to make. Look at their life. I remember the time a guy was trying to sell my friend. I came into the house. We were living in an apartment together. And uh, I came in. This guy's giving my friend a sales pitch. And if you do this, then in one year, you will have this amount of money. And you do it two years, you'll have this. And by the third year, you'll have unlimited money. You'll have so-and-so. And I, I was listening to their conversation I walked over the window and opened the window and looked out because I saw his car. I thought he must either be hiding out. So I said, uh, how many years you've been working? He said, I've been doing it four years. I said, okay, so it's downhill after four years. Huh? <laughs> you can't sell something that you ain't lived. And so when, it, when, it, when I say don't be influenced by carnal people, watch their track record. When they're giving you advice, ask yourself, have they ever done this? I mean, it, it, have, if they haven't done it, it's easy to spout it off, but have they ever done it, okay? And then another is, once you do it, don't look back. A lot of people have problems in it. They make a decision, but they spend the whole time looking back. Once you make it, move on. Uh, there'll be plenty of opportunities to make others. Now, let me give you the do's. Do recall what God's done in the past. Recall that you've made decisions and you've made it. I talked to a guy the other day. that His father has been uh, the, the, the pain in his life. This guy has had every adversity in the world. I mean, he's he, he total nothing but pain, problems. And he's got a healthy father that lives a block from him, and his father hadn't spoken to him in years, and his father won't because his father just doesn't love him, doesn't know how to love a son. He connected with me because I had a similar upbringing. And the interesting thing about it was, is the other day he looked at me and he said, Bill, I would rather to be picking up garbage in the streets and have my father's blessing than to have had all the things I've had in life and not have my father's blessing. And he said, I know you know that feeling. That's what I wanted. He said, how did you get through that? How do you do it? And I said, well, tell me some of your experience. So he talked to me. I had this happen, this happen, and it was all bad. And, and I said, now, where are you now? He said, well, I'm right here on the porch talking to you. I said, yeah. See, that means you're still standing. There's a song some girl sings about it because some guy broke her heart, and she said, I'm still standing. Well, that's what you got to look at. you got to say, I, I'm, I'm still standing. They threw everything with the kitchen sink. I'm still here. So 
when you're, when you're in that position, you've got to realize, I didn't fall in the past. I can make it now. Another is talk to the Lord about your need. Just tell him, Lord, would you open the door you want me to go through? And would you shut the door you don't want me to go through? And I want you to, uh, to know I'm going to accept whatever you do. If it's your will, then the door is open. If it's not, I want it shut. I don't want to do what's not your will because if I do that, in the end, I'm going to be miserable and nothing's going to work. Another is consider your testimony and the rest of your life. When you make a choice, ask, how's this going to pan out in the long run? What's it going to look like down the road? Is this going to be a decision that not is good here, but is it going to be a decision that I can look back at and say, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I call those trade-offs that paid off. And, and they're beautiful. I've done it probably 10 times in my life. You've done it before. Some of you will look at the people around you that you were raised with or on the same journey, and some of them didn't make it. And you'll look and say, thank God we made some trade-offs that paid off. We didn't go that route. We didn't do what everybody did. But we, at the end, we got even better for it. Number, number four, consider the outcome of your decision on others. Because every decision you make is going to affect other people. So you need to stop and think, what's the outcome on them? My wife was, uh, was in a home where they moved a lot. She went to, gosh, I think it's like uh, three schools per year, almost every year of her life. So by the time she graduated, she knows, by the way, she knows a lot of people, okay? <laughs> the, the bad is, she said, by the time I'd get in school and just get acquainted, up and move somewhere else to another state, another place. So she learned, the good is, she said, I learned to read people very fast. Uh, the bad is, is I never got rooted anywhere with a lot of people or got to grow up with a certain group. But the benefit of that is, is that, um, that she grew through it. The danger was that, or, or what was bad, was that her, her stepfather never considered the outcome on anybody else. Never thought, how's this going to affect them? It doesn't matter about them. It's all about him. And so uh, look at your decision and say, how's it going to affect those around me? Is it best for them as well? And then if you know you should make it, do this. Do exactly what pleases God and what you know is right, regardless of how hard it is or if anybody goes along. In most cases in my life, and you'll find the same, I've made decisions, a lot of times big decisions, that some people around me would be saying, no, no, I wouldn't do that, that's foolish, or I don't see it. And after you make it, months later, they're the very ones saying, that was so good, and I was with you all along. And I'm like, no, you weren't. I remember begging you, help me, validate. But the key is going to be, you got to do it because you know it's right. And when it's your decision, and you know it's your decision, you know it, you'll stay with it. If you, if you are in it all in, you can see the fruit. You can see the blessing. But the key is making the right one. So there are a lot of, a lot of people who are really good at making bad decisions. But I would tell you this, that um, I think that what I've given you tonight would, today would be the best thing for you in making decisions. I would say the final decision, I, I, and, and don't be offended, but please hear me. The greatest decision you'll ever make is the decision about where you're going to spend eternity. That's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. I'm going tonight to speak to a group called um, uh, God, Outlaws, and Sinners. It's a big group. Um, I know which one I fit in. But I want to go up there and speak to that group and, and encourage them. But I got to thinking as I drove up today, I just said, you know, there may be somebody here. And maybe you're, you're just a guest or maybe you've been here for a long time. And you've never made the best decision in your life. And, 
And I would never want you to say, I never had the opportunity. So here's what I want to tell you simply. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, let me tell you, God sent him into this earth to live a sinless life, to die for our sins on the cross, and to give us access to God the Father forever. And so if you're here and you've never received him, if you look in your life and you say, I'd love to have advice from God and guidance from God and peace from God, but I don't have it, I want to encourage you and give you the opportunity you could do that here. Now, we're not going to have a band play, and we're not going to give an altar call where you come forward, all that, um, which I think are very noble. But I'm just going to ask you, you could pray in your heart, and you could ask God if he would forgive you and come into your life and guide you and give you wisdom in making your decisions. And so if you would, would you bow your head with me for just a moment? Father, thank you for everyone that is here. I pray you'll bless their lives, and I pray you'll guide their steps. And in a world where there's so many voices, Lord, I pray that they would hear clearly in their lives the decisions that you want them to make. I pray that you'll open the doors you want them to go through and close the doors you don't. I pray that you'll give them wisdom about the decisions that regard their families and their children and and all that they affect. Lord, help us to make wise decisions. And with our heads bowed and eyes closed, I ask you this. If you're here and you say, Bill, I, I, I don't know that I've ever given my life to Jesus. I've never asked him into my life. I've never turned my heart over to him. But I know I need to. And I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it, but I know God's been thinking about me, and, and it's been a concern in my heart. And if you'd say, I, I would like to ask God in my heart, I'm not going to call you out and embarrass you. I would never do that. But just between you, me, and God, no one else is looking. If you say, I, I'd like to pray and ask the Lord in my life today, would you just slip your hand up real quickly, just right up and then right back down, just quickly up and down, and let me see it. God bless you. Anybody else? Just quickly. There you go. All right. Here's what I want to ask you to do. Pray and ask the Lord in your life. Here's how you do it. Just say, Dear God, please come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. And I believe that He loves me and that He lives today. So I turn my life over to you and I want you in my life to guide me and direct me and to save me and forgive me. Use my life for your purpose. And I thank you for that. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you really meant it, I encourage you, find a Bible-believing church. We have one here, but find a church. Grow. Get in your Bible and learn. Talk to some other Christians and ask them as well, what do I do and how do I grow? We want to help you, okay? But I hope that helps you to get some good, a good foothold and some ground on the issues of decisions, making wise decisions. God bless you. Thanks for being here. What an awesome way to wrap up this message from Bill. One important point that we need to remember from part two is when you make a choice, ask yourself, how is this going to pan out in the long run? Is this going to be a decision that I can look back and say, I'm so glad? In other words, those are called trade-offs that paid off. Each month, we share these lessons at a live event to anyone in the Columbus, Georgia area. We'll have a delicious lunch waiting for you, a Q&A with Bill, and so much more. If you would like more information on dates and times of these events, you can visit bpleadership.com. This is where real leaders are made.